When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Oh, man, it's your boy D from Sloan. I just jumped up the porch. Dirty glove bastard. All right, y'all, so we got D4M Sloan jumping off the porch with us today. How you feeling? How you feeling? How I'm you feeling doing? good. You, you got a natural mean mug. Like, yeah. <laughs> do people be thinking you mean? Yeah. Like, the fans, when they come to you, do they be like, uh, Yeah, hey, but I'm a good dude, though. Like, I, I'm a real genuine soul. I like to smile and all that. I just, I don't know. <laughs> say about my look. Now, um, you've had a lot of accomplishments along the way with your career. And I just want to dive into that a little bit. But before we jump into the music, I definitely want to get into your background because I know you're from Philly. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what part of Philly you was from. So if you could break it down for us. I'm from West Philly. Okay, so West Philly, what's the culture like over there? As far as like Philly period or just like? I would say like West Philly because I know they got different sides. That shit all the same for real. Really? Yeah, just, this is probably a different, see, it's all the same. All that shit the same. So, like, growing up, what would you say were, like, some things you are really into, like, hobbies and stuff? Uh, boxing. Oh, using the boxing. Yeah. Do you still box a little bit? Or? Yeah, a little bit. So, how is that for you? Like, what's the, what would you say is your reasoning when it comes to boxing? Uh, I, I like to stay in shape, but I really, really, because I might start, I might fuck that celebrity boxing shit. Too. I might fuck with that. So how good is the hands though? Like, what are we looking like with I can the hands? Turn, I can turn pro right now. Floyd might sign me. <laughs> pro right now. No, for real. How long have you been doing that for? Since I was like six, five, mm -hmm. five. Is that something that you broadcast or you kind of like? Yeah, like sometimes I, I, don't, I, like I might post like a little clip of me sparring on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I love it. I don't broadcast too much. Like, I ain't in the gym every day. Ooh. <laughs> well, yeah. What other hobbies would you say like you like to do outside of boxing? Right now and mm -hmm. like I like shopping. If that's a hobby. What you think? Did you see the Louis Vuitton and Pharrell collaboration? Yeah, I think I seen a uh, little Uzi with it at the BET Awards. Yeah. What you think? It was fire. I gotta, I gotta really look at it. I didn't really like see it. Like, well, I, I, you know, I just seen a little glimpse of it. What's a brand that you feel is overhyped? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really can't. You know, I don't really. I can't really say like what I think is overhyped. It's a lot of these brands be like, what don't I like? Though I'm trying to think, what don't I like? I don't know. Or what is it that we could catch you in? Like, what's your favorite? Something you can catch me in? Yeah. I like... I'll be wearing all types. I wear Balenciaga a lot, though. Like, <laughs> shoes. I got, like, a lot of Balenciaga shoes. Yeah. Like, every Balenciaga shoe that came out, I had every one. Really? What would you say was, Except like... for them socks. I ain't like the Balenciaga socks. What would you say was, like, your first major purchase with, like, your rap career? Um... Uh, 
probably my chain probably was the most expensive. This deformed chain. That but, whole shiny. Yeah, that's as big as shit too. Yeah, it's probably like my my my, <laughs> my most expensive thing I bought. But the first thing I really bought, first thing I bought with my check, like when I got signed, mm-hmm. I went to the Bottega store in Rodeo, and I bought this unreleased sweater. How much did that cost you? Yeah, it was probably to be like, if the shoes were like fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred. It had to be like 2500 to like $1,600, $1,700. Yeah. So when you, well, before you got signs, were you a little reluctant on signing? Uh, I'm, I really wish I signed earlier sometime. Like I really, because I feel like a lot of shit in my life would be different. I would have had homies who probably still be here, like my homie Skiana. Like I wish, like sometimes I'd be thinking, damn, like we should have been signed first time they offered us, you know? Yeah. Wait, so how long were you rapping and when you started getting looks from different labels? Uh, we started getting looks in like 2019, like probably like the first 500,000 views. Like when we hit 500,000, like the second mm-hmm. song, like our third song, we started getting looks from labels. Like me and his third song together. That's probably when we started getting looks. And like every label was hitting us up. We was going to see every label out of New York, out of LA, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you say we, was it a collective at first? Yeah, or a duo, a duo. Duo, a duo. okay. And that was the, was that the one that I asked you about? Uh, Skiano. Yep. Okay. So with that, um, I would say, like, how did you guys become a duo? Was it something where y'all grew up together or? Uh, we made a song called What About The Pot? Mm-hmm. And I used to be, like, in the studio a little bit more because sometimes he ain't really, like, going to the studio like that. But we was always trying, like, we used to always try to get him in the studio more, but he, like, smoking weed, like, chilling with bitches and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, times that he ain't really want to go to, he ain't feel like it. Like, then, like, I ain't got nothing, I ain't writing nothing down, I don't feel like going to that. But everybody kept telling me, y'all gotta make another song like this. Like, we made a song that was going up, called What About The Pop. People kept saying, y'all gotta make another song like this. And, like, the moment we made another song like that, shit shot up on Instagram. Like, yeah. Like, this one we got, like, our first, like, thousand, two thousand likes. And that shit was heavy to us at that time, like, two thousand likes, a thousand likes. We was getting, like, four hundred likes to find out, you know? Mm-hmm. And shit, Instagram was going up, everybody's following us. When we seen that reaction, we said, oh, we about to come back another, like, two more, three more weeks. Yeah. Or, like, a month. We came back again, what? Back at it. That shit start shooting up that heavy. Then it hit like 500k a month on, on YouTube, and that's when we, we we stronger together. Right. And would you say during that time of y'all um, really taking notice in the city, were y'all like the only ones that was really rapping for real, or rapping in the city? Yeah. No, no, no. It was it was people. It was like it was people who was like popping the city before us. Mhm. But we came like we came a whole another way. You hear me? Yeah. So what trends would you say that y'all really created within the city? We created uh, <laughs> breathing. We created so like, like that. Lot, okay. The ellipse, like people, you hear people snapping. <laughs> we created like breathing and, and rapping like that. We created like excessive noise. The <laughs> you know, we created yeah. like the uh, saying uh, and the, every ellipse we created uh, rapping on club beats, Jersey club beats. We created. How did that come about with the Jersey Club beats? Because, you know, that's real different. Like, you yeah. don't hear artists really rapping on a Jersey Club beat, but now it's popular more than ever. So yeah. I would say, what did y'all's creative process look like rapping on those type of beats at the time? I had heard this clip. Some guy I don't know from Philly named DJ Tiz. Mm-hmm. He's like a club little DJ. He, he make club beats. Like, from back in the day, everybody was dancing to club beats back in the day. And uh, I seen it on his Instagram. I'm like, it was send me this ASAP. But I ain't sending the ski yet. I was gonna send it to him. I ain't sending the ski yet. But I'm listening to it in the car. I'm like, damn, this shit hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna send it to the bro leader. 
but I just make it like a little video on Instagram. I got the bag in my hand. I got like ten thousand dollars in my hand, <laughs> and I'm rapping good with this Instagram gang, gang, gang. If it's smoke, the smoke, nigga, maintain. Uh, but I post it on Instagram and go crazy. But every time I get a beat, I I'm, I really send it straight to Skip, and I ain't send it to him yet. He like, the fuck is you doing? I can send it to me. Like, mm -hmm. I need president too. Like, but I, he knew I was gonna send it to him anyway. So I sent it to him. He posted a video on live like the same night on Instagram. His videos start going crazy. Then we make the song like the next day we go in the studio. Mm -hmm. Drop it like the next two, three days. Shoot a video. That shit shot up like. But the pandemic happened like it slowed it down like all the clubs. Yeah. Closed. I would say, um, well, I do want to ask you if you could describe what your life was like before you started taking your music career serious. What did that look like for you? Like a year or two years before I took my music serious, even like transitioning into taking it serious. Mm -hmm. I used to be just like on Mass Street every day, all day. Like I wasn't even had no job and like that. I was like selling weed all day, you know. But I really wasn't seeing no profit, like especially like when like, cause I used to be like in the clues a lot and shit like that, like those certain shit. So I was like buying Yeezys and shit like that. Yeah. You know, going like hotels with bitches and shit like that. Like so it was just like. You was making the money, but yeah. it was you had to, you was spending it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's how that was, and just before that, this was like trenches, like regular bad little kid outside, like, mm -hmm. flash mobbing. Fuck people up for fun and shit like that, like little cool shit like that. Bad hood rat shit. <laughs> now, what would you say was the thing that really made you decide to want to go and take your career farther with music? Just seeing how easy it is for other motherfuckers, seeing how other motherfuckers do it. And I know that sounds cliche as a motherfucker, right? Mm -hmm. People say, damn, seeing it, this person can do it, seeing it. No, I'm like, yo, that shit, like, and then I really, like, seeing myself, like, I'm like, damn, like, I, could, I knew, like, I was always gonna be a star. Yeah. Cause like I'm always was the one like out like like being like in school shit so like class came like I just always had like a lot of attention. So I knew I was gonna be a star. Like. And once I got hit by a car from boxing and shit like that, it slowed down everything. So I just. What would you say were some challenges that you really had to face along the way of your journey with music? Uh, one of the main challenges is like dealing with real life street shit and the music career at the same time. Like losing homies and trying to be an artist, like, mm -hmm. chasing my dream. I still got this life behind me, kind of chasing me. Yeah, okay, so what you If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba 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 At participating McDonald's. You said earlier when you said you wish you would have signed a little earlier so that everybody could just, you know, be with yeah, you. Uh, yeah, signing a little earlier. I feel like, like even with my homie Siano, like he is just, he had it, like him, he liked it. He was a celebrity, especially like everybody in the city knew him. Mm -hmm. But he would move a little regular, you know, like walking around, going to see little bitch, like just doing like little shit like that. And I feel like we were supposed to be out LA around the time he died. like. So I feel like just being out LA, working in the studio, like shit like that could have prevented that, you know? Yeah, I would say um, when it came to that, as a friend, like, did you used to kind of stay on him, like, hey, like, Yeah, you know? like to him, I was like, I used to act like, I used to act like a big brother to him, you feel me? Mm -hmm. like, I said, like, what the fuck? Like, he used to be mad, like, he ain't, like, he, at the time, he'd be ducking me, like, like, he, like, he took me out his close friends and all that sometimes, because he knew that I would grind him up about yeah. doing certain shit, like, mm -hmm. but why you here? Like, why is you at this hotel with them? Like, why is you at this Airbnb with them? Why is you doing this? Why is you, you know? Bro, you're not regular, da-da-da. I used to be on his ass, like, grinding him up, like, shit like that. 
Um, when he passed away, did you have like sort of like a friend guilt? Like, dang, like I wish. I I, I be like him passing away. That shit kind of fucked me up, cause like I seen him in the debut like the same day, mm -hmm. like earlier that day, and he was walking on foot a little earlier. And I'm like, bro, fuck, like get in the car. I'm like, fuck, did you walk around? He said, no, bro, I'm gonna walk to the crib right there. Like, but he ain't wanna get in the car, cause like it was his girl who was in the car with us, and it was like his ex. He ain't wanna be around her. Oh. So I'm like. I sometimes be thinking, damn, like I should have made him get in the car, like I should have fought him that day or something. Like, I should have did something, mm -hmm. make him get in the car that day, like. So with you guys being a duo and then him passing away, how would you say it kind of affected you musically and even like not having him around when y'all first started out in this? It's crazy, right? You asked me this question. I just had the BT word the other day, and I seen Busta Rhymes get a speech where he was like, uh, he got kicked out of the group he was in. Mm -hmm. And, and kind of like fucked him up a little bit because he felt like, damn, like, like even just doing this by myself, like, I never wanted to take on that full responsibility of being a solo artist. I was yeah. so used to like us carrying the track together and balancing off each other in the track that I really didn't have to put in so much work on my own, you know? Because mm -hmm. we fed off each other with everything, whether it was performing, whether it was making music, anything, mm -hmm. social media, posting and promoting music. And that shit just me, right? That shit is like a big transition. And just, I ain't even want to make music. Like, I was going to say, did you have to take a break for yeah, a Yeah, I took a break. Like, my mind's frame was like somewhere else. Like, I wasn't even on me. Like, I was like in a dark, dark, dark evil space. Dang, you know what? Like, it's that's really hard because it's like when I go back, y'all got like music videos together and y'all were actually together. So it's like two get jump back in music and not have somebody who you're super close with like you know like take off like Quavo take off like the Migos how you got to like perform but this person is not there no more like right. what so is different. that like it's crazy like especially like my first time going back on stage I'm used to like walking out seeing mm -hmm. all the flashing lights me and him I'm rapping he started doing his dance you know shit like that it's a whole different transition the studio got to be like one of the most like craziest transitions, like being in the studio alone, recording by yourself. So how would you say you were able to kind of, I wouldn't even say overcome, but how you're able to consistently go even throughout all of those different things that happen? Just knowing that if I give up or God forbid something happened to me, all this shit would be for nothing. Everything we work for would be for nothing. And it'd just be like, damn, like, Yeah. All right, so I heard from Little Birdie that you about to drop a documentary or you're dropping a mini documentary. So let's talk about that yeah. and what the inspiration is behind wanting to drop it. Right. Uh, well, basically, this documentary is like, it's a short document, it's a mini doc, it mm -hmm. ain't like a full documentary. It's a mini doc and it like it explains so much in a matter of minutes. It's like four chapters to it. And they explain like the impact that me and my homies had on the city explain like where I started mm -hmm. explain like how life was even like around school just blowing up around that time just me balancing out two double lives yeah music life and real life uh it just explains so much like that so it's just like right and even speaking of impact what do you feel is the impact that you guys really had on the city changing the whole music dynamic we said we were going to change the world we did. Even though we may not get all the credit we deserve from it, mm -hmm. 
but we know, and as motherfuckers, we really know, like, everybody know, I ain't gonna say as motherfuckers, everybody know. Like, motherfucker, you, you bring up, like, damn, what did Sloan Siano do for the city of Philadelphia? If a motherfucker tell you nothing, they lying, like, and ain't no artist you can bring up here that'll, that'll tell you we didn't do nothing for that city. Nobody. Was it like a thing where y'all kind of wanted to bring the vibes back in the music, like the fresh yeah, like, shit, like, 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 see, with us, right? Even though, like, you got this club dancing right now, right? You got club dancing. Mm-hmm. We wasn't really club dancing. Even though we was the first rap on clubbies, we wasn't really club dancing. Like, people who created that was like the these thirties and the two rares and the Philly Ghost, Dummy Amour. We was like doing our own little dance, but like, even though we had like guns in our video and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we was like, we was dancing. We was like. Still making it cool for like killers, robbers, and real motherfuckers, like street <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers to dance because we were still dancing, mm-hmm. you know. Even kids, the kids was dancing. Like we, we had like little dances that we had that the city know about, but we did and it. <clears throat> when I first came around you, I was a little late, but it was the drive who crazy. Uh-huh. My daughter like that song was on TikTok, and so she kept playing. So I'm like, girl, what is yeah. what is this song? And I had went through your catalog. So even with that and going viral on TikTok, how did that even come about for you? Or when did you find out that it was actually blowing up like that? That that, that video blew up like so fast. Like it blew up like the same night I posted it. Like it was like. Like, and I posted it at like nine o'clock, mm-hmm. by like 11 o'clock. It was already at like 80,000 views on TikTok. So I posted it on Instagram and it went up. I woke up in the morning and it was like 100 something thousand every day. Where you I just was freestyling in the car. I was actually looking for a beat called That Pussy a Drahu. That Pussy a Drahu, Drahu, Drahu. It was some shit like that. It was like a beat like that. Mm-hmm. That's why I said that Pussy a Drahu crazy. That still was a drive you beat, but it just they had a full sample that I was looking for. But it worked out. <laughs> no, that's as a viral, I just always think it's crazy. Like you never know when some stuff will go viral. Yeah. And I feel like with that, like that becoming like a major sound, like even during the pandemic, like that was like a big ass sound. Yeah. And so I would say in your perspective, just even the freestyle, and seeing it go viral like it did, like what type of impact would you say that had on you? That it boosted my female fan piece. <laughs> like a lot. Are you laughing? Really? I'm dead serious. It, <laughs> it boosted it a whole lot. Like, that's crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. just from that song. And it wasn't even a love song. <laughs> that's crazy, right? I seen I seen a comment like this boy just said, I'm a dog, I ain't something you should love. Yet the female's still in the comments, losing their mind. He said, I gotta change my whole game plan. <laughs> that shit was funny to yeah, me. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta come for the ladies every time. You gotta make music for the ladies. Yeah, for sure. Now, let's get into this acting bag that you have. Mm-hmm. So, for you, has acting always been like something that you wanted to step into? Yeah. Yeah, especially like being young. I was so in like to action movies and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that right there, me being on Bel Air acting, that shit was like crazy to me. I also just did another movie called Old Heads. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about those. Okay, so back to the Prince of Bel-Air reboot. How did that come about for you? Oh, one day I got a DM from a casting agency, lady named Elon. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, do I wanna be on uh, Bel-Air? She, I mean, she asked me what I like the audition. She didn't even say Bel-Air. She asked me what I like the audition for a new series, Peacock, as presented. And I'm like, 
did. She asked my email. She asked my representative email. She sent over like a script and said, send over the audition tape behind like a white wall. Send over the audition tape, self audition tape. Mm-hmm. Back. And we'll get back to you. We'll let you know. So I sent it back like the next day. And I do it the next day. I record it the next day. Mm-hmm. And I sent it back that same night. Okay, so the auditioning, you auditioning, like how many takes did you have to do? I did it like four times. Four times, but like the second one I did was like perfect. But I still kept doing it so in case it could be perfecter. Mm-hmm. That's not even a word, but you know, <laughs> it could be better. Were you nervous when you submitted your tape? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, because this, this is like a life-changing opportunity, you know? Yeah, that was like so your like, first, that was your first acting gig, huh? Yeah, and it's like, yo, I'm really on TV. Like, that shit don't go nowhere. Like, this is for life. And the movie... Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. The all, I mean, not the movie, but the um, upcoming activity that you have is All Heads. Yeah. So with that, talk about your role in it. Uh, I basically... I'm, man, I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> you give away like a tiny bit, like a little bit, or uh, it, it showed that I can, uh, I can carry a rule. It showed that like so when people looking for me, they feel like, like me seeing me in Bel Air, but not seeing like so much of me in Bel Air. You just mm-hmm. see me right there. You see me on that first episode. Mm-hmm. Not saying I won't come back, <laughs> but just seeing this shit right here showed that I can like. So with all heads, like you acting, acting, like you. Yeah, yeah. Dang, we can't even talk about what character you played or none of I that. I play. No, I play like a gangster though. So with, so with those type of roles, like, do you have to like mentally prepare yourself for all of that, or? Yeah, I just try not to forget my lines. That's about it. Like, and I've tried to like be in character, like really. Mm-hmm. Being like full character, I I, re, I just I know to study my lines and really like take it serious, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't take nothing like too lightly. I don't play around with nothing, with nothing to evolve my career. I take everything serious. What's the hardest part with acting? I know you said forget your lines, but is that the hardest part? No, that's not the hardest part. <laughs> I mean, the hardest. What's the hardest part? So I'm like a bougie nigga. You hear me? Not so, bougie. Yeah, so, so I just, for me, I just try to make sure I, I look good on camera at all times. That's all. So your hardest part is the look, like making sure you look good. <laughs> what? Making <laughs> sure everything's got to be. Now, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, the last body of work you dropped was Full Moon yeah. in 2021. And now you're about to drop your next project, I Couldn't Decide. 
So, what's been the journey with this project in particular? There's a lot of bumps in this journey. Mm -hmm. But it was a good journey. I did like I I did a month out of LA when I first signed. I was out of LA for a whole month, recording, recording, recording. And none of the records that I did in that month. Well, no, I'm lying. Why the fuck I said it? One record, only one record. But no a record, only no, a record that I recorded that whole month is going on this project. So I just did like more and more recording, and just like really trying to like elevate my sound, play with my sound, mm -hmm. just do as much unique shit as possible that my supporters, my fans never heard of. The world never heard of like so i just try to take it to the next level with my music now with i couldn't decide that's about to drop what were you say were the different inspirations that you was pulling with this album uh me not being able to decide whether i wanted like the wolf side of me on there or the type of records i wanted on the album regardless like so i give it like a club side and i give it like a wolf side so you got two different sides of me mm -hmm. sides that my day one fans and supporters love me and side they like a lot of the new fans that came off of TikTok all mm -hmm. around the world, they came like, and that's a big demographic too, like them fans going on TikTok. So I just gave them both. I just wanted to feed everybody. And when you make music, do you ever take in your younger artists as a consideration for the certain things that you talk about? Yeah. Uh, saying like, do I look back at my, my like, younger Just like, like think about like when you're making the music, you're like, oh, I don't want to sound too dark because I yeah. know I have a younger audience. Like, oh, 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 oh. It's like two different sides. I got, I got <laughs> my fan base is like, it'd be like two different. So I know I got fans that I still got. So sometimes I got like songs I'm like, damn, like mm -hmm. I still got youth listening to me. You know? Yeah. This song, or the, the young, the youth, they gonna let us on. The middle age, they gonna let us on. The older people gonna feel us. Like I didn't give them like a, a Tevin Campbell sample. Shit like that, you know, just trying mm -hmm. to give them like different. The lead is gonna let us. So I just think about everybody when I'm making music. Mm -hmm. Now, right now, where do you feel like you are with your career? But I ain't gonna never like stop and just go like, like unless I'm, I'm making like a song for like a sync song or a commercial, like really going full blown. Yeah, like mainstream. Yeah, like if I'm like, or if I'm not even that though, because like, saying if I'm making a song for a particular reason, like, mm -hmm. I can I can ease over and make a song like that, like straight for the youth, like it gotta be a commercial, no cursing. Now, um, I do want to ask you, damn, I had asked it earlier, but I'm going to ask you again. Uh, where do you feel like you are in your career right now? I don't remember you asking me that, but I feel like I'm, I'm trying, to get, trying to get to that ceiling right there. I'm going to be right here. You're probably right here. I'm right here. It seems like you got a whole cult fan base. Like you yeah, gotta, you have a huge. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's, it's so hard to stay like, like I see. You see a lot of motherfuckers come and go. Mm -hmm. To stay relevant for like four years, and not be like have a cosign from no bigger artists, shit like that. That's like that. That can be a challenge. Like nobody, you don't need nobody. Sometimes you like then like nobody not showing me no love. But no, you shouldn't feel like that. I never felt like that. Ain't nobody never give me no cosign. Like, and I done been around artists, I fuck with a lot of artists, but like, I ain't asking for one either though. Like, nobody owe me no shit, no cosign like that, but. Damn, so, and that leads me into like, your grind and just what it looked like for you throughout you pursuing music. What you wanna know? As far as like, just like the different sacrifices you had to make, like the different risks you had to make. See, that go back to what I told you earlier. Mm-hmm. 
If I don't keep going, everything was for nothing. Everything. Everything. And that's some real shit. My real shit. So it's like an all or nothing thing for you. All or nothing. What would you say has been like the craziest time that you went through while trying to make music? Losing homies, like in the midst of it. Like after I lost Keanu, mm -hmm. it didn't just stop with him. I lost more homies. In the midst of that, like when I'm still trying to keep my head on, on the right path. Mm -hmm. So just trying to like deal with that. Cause at the end of the day, like artists are still human too. You got like fans is like, and like supporters, people on Instagram, like you got like trollers, you got all type of shit. But you trying to balance out real life. Yeah. And people act like you're not a, a human, like, but you're a human at the end of the day. And motherfuckers don't understand it. As an artist going through all of that, how do you even focus in? Like, what is a, what are some things that you got to do to kind of unplug? <laughs> Back to what I told you, I just tell myself, if I don't keep going, the whole shit for nothing. I don't got no plan B. I ain't finished high school or nothing, but that, you know, I, it ain't, I ain't gonna say that my life gonna be over, but mm -hmm. this, is what I, this is what I'm on. Yeah. What, why would you say you didn't finish high school, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I ain't finished high school due to like, I music shit like this, what I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. I was blown up in high school, so it was like getting like, kind of like, I would have like different people come like taking pictures with me inside of school, like the younger kids. Mm -hmm. Was coming up in my class, taking pictures with me, you know, and I got my uniform on too, so that shit just felt like. <laughs> I mean, then the hearing teachers tell me I can't, like, yo, can I go to the bathroom? No, I sit down, like, who the fuck is you talking to? Like, I'm him. <laughs> they was damn near trying to get you security in high school. <laughs> no, but my, my principal was trying to, my principal, he was trying to make me do homeschool too, like. Mm -hmm. So it had got too big at a point. Yeah, then the other high schools was booking me and my homie to come perform at day high school mm -hmm. while we had to be in school. So rap is life for you, like rap being your life. You know how people say ball is life? Rap yep. is life. I'll tell you this shit serious. Wow. Now let's get into this video that you just dropped, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about the inspiration that you pulled with this visual. Yeah. What did that look like for you? Uh, I recorded that out in New York with my uh, guy, Mini Boom. Mm-hmm. And that beat, it just was like so tricky. I liked that beat. It was just so tricky. I just had to make a song on it. like. Like when people hear it, and I just wanted to be as lyrical as lyrical as possible in there, just show people like, yo, this this nigga can really rap. You mm -hmm. so. Wow. So this year, are you focusing on being more lyrical? I'm just focused on mm -hmm. being unique as possible. I don't never care about being lyrical, because mm -hmm. I give you a whole song. I got a whole song just ad libs called Deform Lingo, where I ain't say a goddamn lyric on there <laughs> one time, and it's still streaming well. Uh -huh. You know, but it's different. Nobody did it. Why am I trying to be the most lyrical motherfucker in the world? Well, he trying to be the most lyrical motherfucker in the world. And he trying, right. you got G. Cool, Kendrick. I mean, that's cool. You got these motherfuckers who really, but it's like, everybody trying to be the most lyrical. And that shit be like, I'm making music at the end of the day. I'm not trying to be no battle rapper or no. Yeah. I'm making like, I'm trying to make music. Great music, unique music. Shit that can be like, no time. Like, no, how they be when they say like the songs where it's like a song where it's like, it's forever lasting, like, mm -hmm. this song gonna be rolling forever, like, like, this song gonna be rolling forever, like, this song ain't gonna, I can't even think of the fucking word right now. <laughs> but yeah, like. I think it's kind of crazy, because, you know, from the outside looking in, we don't see, 
Well, as a consumer of music, you know, we follow artists from the beginning of their career to like where they are now. And you know, a lot of artists, they start off with their initial sound, but then they go into like what's trending. Yeah, and I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. I just, tell, I just did like so many interviews during the BT weekend. And I was telling people like, I feel like artists go wrong as trying to switch it up and keep trying to, like if you got a sound, and you feel like this is your sound, or your people around you feel like this is your sound, mm -hmm. or you get any type of like notoriety from that sound, stick with that sound because you got like motherfuckers fuck with you from that sound for a reason, mm -hmm. you know. And then when you get to a certain point, some motherfuckers might get to a certain point in their career and try to switch it up. And when you see that, you see they always slowly but surely go down. Especially when the whole world ain't hear you yet. I understand if the whole world heard you and you trying to switch it up, but like when the whole world ain't hear you, like a motherfucker might, you might hear somebody in everybody, no damn, like this shit sound the same, like the whole city heard this already, like, nigga, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> you talking about the whole city, the world ain't hear this shit. Yeah. Alaska, London, like China, they ain't hear this shit yet. This is, they got whole demographics over there, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Jamaica, like motherfuckers, it's people who still hear this shit. Mm-hmm. Dang. But I know that you say that you try to keep it unique, but if you could, would you say that, and I'm not even just saying this related to you, but would you say that you could kind of see how artists do get sucked into making music that's trending like everybody else? Yeah, I don't, yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why though. Like, that ain't the way. It seems like you got to carry a certain confidence in your sound. Yeah, you got to. Mm -hmm. Like you're not even confident in yourself. How the fuck is gonna claim you as? That's my favorite rapper. Like they their own rapper. That's my favorite rapper. Like, Cause they stand in they land and they don't sound like everybody. Right. I like this rapper right here. I don't. You know. I see it. Now, song, you got a lot of stuff coming up. You about to drop this project. And you also got the old heads coming out as well. So, mm. what else is next for you? Uh, elevation, just me taking this shit to the next level. Like by next year, after this this, this interview her drop by next year, motherfucker gonna keep like this. Motherfucker gonna look back at this interview. I'm like, damn, like this nigga did it. Like he he did what he said he was gonna do. Like so, this shit don't stop right here. So I got so much next up for me that I can't even just name one thing like you bringing in the longevity with acting though yeah 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 for sure I'm gonna get back into that that's another thing that's coming up yeah acting like I'm gonna do more roles and shit like that I could have been I could have been on the main role right now it's just a simple fact that I didn't feel like taking it like I'm trying to focus on music I try mm -hmm. to lock in and sign it like you mean I locked in went hard and I signed this deal so as I signed this deal right now this is like really my job now mm -hmm. I'm working you get what I'm saying yeah so I didn't even get a chance to like take it tonight. But I'm, I'll be back on that. Like, you want to see me. Now, boxing, I got to ask you, who you want to fight? I want to fight everybody. <laughs> no real rap. You want to just go toe-to-toe -to -toe with everybody? Everybody. Everybody who box, every rapper who box. What's uh, going to be like, your, what's your weight class? Like, what would they classify you as? Uh, I probably might go down like 160. I probably, I ain't really trying to go no lower. <laughs> 160. All right, so we gonna be seeing you with that too. We might see you in the ring, the celebrity boxing match. I, I ain't gonna lie, I'm curious to see how you fight though. So I, I'm gonna be tuned in to that one. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> all gonna be tuned in. 
don't don't embarrass us now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, for real, no, you're right. Can't do that. <laughs> now, before we officially wrap up, you gotta pop your shit on how you coming this year, your artistry, the project, all that. Bah! It's your boy D from Sloan Gangs. You already know how we carried it, man. This year I'm going crazy. July 28th, I couldn't decide the album coming out soon. Bah!